Good morning. Well, welcome to church. <clears throat> Some of you, if you walked in a few seconds late or whatever, I am not Pastor Gary. Uh, I am the shorter, balder version of him. So you can uh, expect about that much uh, for this morning. Um, you know, I'm Kevin Senapati Ratna from Christ's Connection Ministry. And uh, looking from Facebook, Pastor Gary and Carrie look like they're having fun at the State Fair yesterday. So that's uh, always a good thing when the pastor can get away to play. Because uh, as, a, as a pastor for nine years, I know that's part of the important part of the journey uh, to stay refreshed and stay uh, encouraged. And so I'm glad you let them get away, uh, and, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, let me pray one more time before jumping in. Lord, in the next few moments, we want to encounter you. We want to know you. We want to experience you. As we've already uh, lifted our worship in song, now we, as we look at your word and are challenged by the truth there, I pray that each of us would lean in to this moment for what you have for us here. Not just we're in church because that's the thing we do, but Lord, I pray that we would lean into this moment, that you would speak to us, challenge us to the next step that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, I haven't been here for a couple years, so I better do a little bit of uh, intro to who I am and what I, I'm about. Uh, I lead a ministry called Christ Connection, uh, which was birthed out of my nine years as a senior pastor, but now I've been uh, doing this for 13 years. And we exist to kind of engage people into adventure with Jesus. Uh, that's kind of the short uh, version of what we're about, a mission to get 100,000 people praying for their pastor. Uh, I'm a part of uh, America's National Prayer Committee, and the Assemblies of God put together a team to raise up prayer for our 13,000 churches. I'm on that five-person team. Uh, so do some of that. We write books. We do uh, online stuff. We have about a quarter of a million people in our social media circles, and, and then I travel around the country uh, speaking at churches just like this uh, to help people just kind of take that next step. Uh, so that's kind of where the minister, what the ministry is about. And I'm going to share another story about what's kind of around the corner a little bit later in my message. Uh, but I've got to do a couple other housekeeping. First of all, uh, my wife and daughter are not here today. They don't always travel with me. And especially today, today's my wife's birthday. Uh, so, uh, so, so the fact that I'm here, that's probably, I don't know, maybe I'm in trouble, maybe I'm not, but uh, it's part of the deal. So uh, if I slip out, you know, right, you know, in the middle of my message, you know, I just got text or something, I'm in trouble. But uh, no, uh, she, yeah, we celebrated yesterday so that I could, uh, I could be here today. Uh, and uh, daughter, she's a... Uh, 11, and she's about to start middle school. So I, I'm not sure how I feel about this, and I'm sure that I'm ready for it, but, you know, I guess that's uh, part of the journey. Uh, that uh, Let me just stop for just a second. I've got to acknowledge uh, uh, Pastor Brad uh, Godding this here. Uh, I don't know if it's technically lieutenant. What I, I just said sergeant. Anyways, uh, uh, he's Pastor Brad to me, and we went to college together, uh, and we were intertwined because I pastored three churches, and the first two churches, uh, 
he was the past in the first church. He was the pastor before I was there, kind of technically uh, for a couple of weeks there. So I followed him, and then uh, after that, I went to a church, and then he followed me. So we we, we kind of have this uh, this thing going uh, there, and uh, I'm actually very grateful because that first church. Uh, we were in, both in college looking for stuff, and uh, it worked out. We were kind of talked about doing every other week uh, there for a while, and it worked out better for me so I could kind of focus on it and uh, give up my job at Walmart. Uh, he's, he's, he, he stepped aside and said, uh, Kevin, you can take it, and that kind of uh, opened doors uh, for me elsewhere, and so I just want to thank you uh, for that. And, and so be nice to them. All right, all right, all right. Uh, they're, as their guests here. Um, one other thing I want to do before I jumped into uh, my message is kind of set the stage for the end of the month. Uh, we're going to have a Saturday uh, afternoon evening deal uh, and then uh, Sunday morning. So let me just encourage you to come back for that. Uh, so in other words, I better do good in the next few minutes. So otherwise, you're not, you're not coming back. But uh, no, uh, come on out for that on Saturday. We're going to kind of dive in a little more practical, try and uh, give you some practical tools to help you in your walk with Jesus. Uh, we're still working on all the details as far as timeline and stuff, but uh, it's going to be Saturday afternoon, evening, and then Sunday morning, and so uh, come back for that. So as we dive into what I feel God has for us this morning, uh, let me talk about two things that will kind of set the stage for you. First of all, I need to remind you, for those who've heard me before, or uh, tell you, for those who haven't, my last name, Senapati Ratna, all right? SSSS, one of those names that rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it? Uh, good Scandinavian name, but no, uh, it's, uh, it's a Sri Lankan name, and my, my dad is from there, and if you were to go to Sri Lanka, uh, first of all, I recommend you go in wintertime because it's a tropical island, all right? Uh, but uh, if you go there and you travel around a small little country about a third the size of Minnesota, you would not find many Senapatiratnas. The reason you would not find many Senapatiratnas is because my great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather, depending on who tells the story, uh, made up the name. Uh, he made up the name because he thought his name beforehand was boring, all right? So thank you, Grandpa. No longer have a boring name. Uh, but I say that with purpose because as I travel around this country speaking at churches just like this, I've come to find that too many Christians have resigned themselves to a boring Christianity, to going through the motions, coming on a, a Sunday morning, putting in their time, but just, just become this ritual and this routine. And I believe that life was not designed to be boring. And as uh, we read the book and look, look at through the book of Acts, Christianity for sure was not designed to be boring. If we're doing it the way that Jesus outlined, it, it's not designed to be that way. But too many people think, oh, I can't do that kind of thing. And part of the reason for that is the other thing I need to explain if you have never heard me before is why I wear this shirt. 
the real reason I wear this shirt is because Pastor Gary and Carrie said all of you were going to. Really? So uh, I don't know what happened. You missed the memo. I don't know. But uh, it's also very convenient when I leave. I'm in jeans and a T-shirt. It's just a night I sell all the way down to the cities. But, uh, you know, the real reason is people have this thing in their head that there are super Christians and then there's the rest of us. You know those people. They're the ones that wake up in the morning and float to the bathroom. You know, they're, they're the ones, you know, uh, they're just amazing. They got, uh, we hear them pray sometime, and it's just like, uh, you know, they come, I, I come before thy throne of grace. I heard something like this. And it was, I come before thy throne of grace and fall upon my face. I know that I am but a worm, so step on me, God, and watch me squirm. No, that's not how they pray, but it's, it's just these amazing prayers, and you're like, wow, I can't pray like that, so why even bother? And the moment you say, so why even bother, is the moment you've been lied to. Because God wants to go on an adventure with you, not just certain people. There's not just a certain segment that get to do the stuff and be involved in the stuff and walk in adventure with Jesus. It's for all of us. We're all invited into that journey. The question is, will we kind of dive into it? Will we take those steps? And so, I mean, I've written, my third book came out this year, and the title is not just for super Christians. And the idea is, how can we practically walk with Jesus in a way that will take us on the next step with him. So it's kind of a 30-day adventure with Jesus thing there. And let me just read a a quote from the beginning, if I can do this. This is going to be interesting. That's why they have podiums. There's a reason they do that. Anyways, it's a quote by a guy attributed to Hunter Thomas. Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body but rather to skid broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and proclaiming, wow, what a ride. That's the way we were designed to. Now we have this in the back, but here, you can have a copy. All right. I was a student with him, so he'll like that. No, anyways, we're designed for adventure. So how do we get to that new place of adventure. And so uh, this morning, I, I, I can't obviously preach the whole book, so I'll preach that book. And uh, the, uh, uh, from that book, we're, we're, well, here's the premise of not just for super Christians. What if you, in your house somewhere, had a time machine? <laughs> now, I also wear this shirt because I'm a nerd, okay? So, uh, so I, can, I, can, I can do stuff that other people can't do. I, I, I've embraced the nerd with it. I'm fine with it. But, uh, so imagine for a moment that you have a time machine in your house. Uh, now, if it's uh, in your house, that means uh, it's not a DeLorean, but it could be a TARDIS. And, uh, okay, I'm just seeing who my people are. Who's my people here? All right, okay. Uh, so it's a time machine. Just think of it as a time machine. In, somewhere in your house, you have this time machine. And then for 30 days, imagine that someone from the Bible comes walking out and sits down, maybe in your living room, maybe at your dining room table, and you get to talk to them. Better yet, 
uh, since this is our modern day, you get to hook up a microphone and interview them for a podcast. All right? Yeah. Uh, what questions would you ask? What things would... Because there's this idea that there's us super Christians and then people in the Bible. Right? And it's, 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 that's kind of the hierarchy. And we're just like, wow. But these were ordinary people. One of the things they say about Elijah, he was a man just like us. And we're like, whoa, that doesn't seem quite right. When we read the story of these guys who pray and fire falls from heaven, and I've preached that here before, but I mean, it's just this, we're like, there's something else. And then there's, but these were ordinary people. And so I want you to think about two people. If we could this morning just get two people out of the time machine. And the first one, we won't spend a lot of time with, but I want to set the stage as far as adventure goes. And that's the guy by the name of Matthew. Matthew was tax collector. And the verse I want to read just to capture his story, as Jesus passed, is Matthew 9, verse 9, says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collector booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. Now again, if you were, have been raised in the church like I have, you may have heard that story before. But imagine for the first time what it was like for Matthew, sitting there doing his job, and he has an encounter with Jesus. And in that encounter with Jesus, It changes the course of his life forever. Just that one moment where Jesus interacts with him and says, follow me. And in an instant, in a moment, he has a decision to make. What would you have done if you were sitting there and Jesus walks by at your job and says, all right, break time. No, permanent break time. Come follow me forever. You've got a new assignment. Leave that behind. And you have an instant, have a moment of choice. And every day we wake up and we have those instants. We have those moments of choice. And Matthew had that choice and he chose and it changed the course of his life forever. This morning and every day that you wake up, Jesus interacts with you and gives you the choice to listen to his simple instructions. That wasn't a long instruction, follow me. But a simple instruction from Jesus, all it takes is some simple instruction from Jesus and you're going a whole different direction. Are you willing to say to God this morning, wherever you take me, wherever you lead me, I want to go where you want me to go. So I, just setting that up, because we, we want to start with Jesus, but I, I want to go to a, another person this morning that many of you would have heard of before. He's a guy named Noah. How many have heard of Noah? Just, just, just set the, all right, most of your hands go up. That's uh, not surprising. Because uh, Noah's the guy that, even if you're slightly around church for a while, you get to hear that back when I was a kid. 
they used to have this thing called flannel graphs. Anyone have flannel graphs? You know, the, uh, the sheet they put on the thing, and, and then uh, it's like a cloth, the magical cloth, I guess. And uh, this cloth would, would be there, and uh, then they'd bring out, and Noah was a great story because they could say, all right, Noah hears from God, he builds this ark, and then there's two by two the, uh, the animals, and so they get all the animals that they can put on, you know, and they, they get to walk up the cloth, you know, and into the boat, and, you know, maybe behind the thing, and then it falls over, or whatever. It's the flannel graph story of all stories, because they get in the boat, and then the flood waters come, and, and then they come out of the boat, and then there's the first rainbow, and the promise of God never doing that again, and, and then they never, they always stop before Noah gets drunk, and, you know, lays around, but anyways, that's just not how the flannel graph story goes, but <clears throat> now, it's a great story, but sometimes we, we've heard it so many times that we forget what it was really like for Noah. I mean, think about it for a moment. And what can we draw from Noah's life that actually will challenge us with where we are at? So I'm just going to pull some simple things from him. First thing that we can pull from Noah is cultivate a relationship with God where he can speak to you. If you want to go on adventure with God, cultivate a relationship where he can speak to you. Genesis 6 verse 9 says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, there's an expression there, he walked faithfully with his God. And it, if you read through up to that point, that's kind of code word for about relationship. Because Enoch walked with God. And there's just, it's this deep relationship that he had to the point that God took him. Adam and Eve walked with God. It was this conversation in the garden that they had. And all of us, no matter where we are, super Christian or otherwise, are invited to this conversation with God where he speaks to us. Anyone can have that. That's the beauty of this invitation to relationship with Jesus. All of us, whether we're just starting out and we you know, were baptized last week or whatever to someone who's walked with God for 45 years, we all get to have this conversation where he continues to speak to us. And who knows what he would say if we would listen? Who knows what he would say to you this morning if you say, God, speak to me and I'll do whatever you have me to do? And I just want to start there and say, are you willing to say, God, I want more of a relationship with you? Now, I've talked about this passage before, but I just want to Touch on it for just a second. Philippians chapter 3, Paul is near the end of his life. It's the Apostle Paul is near the end of his life, and he's uh, walked with God, he's planted churches, he's uh, done a whole lot of stuff, written much of the New Testament, and God's used him in signs and wonders and miracles and things like that. And near the end of his life, one of the last things he writes in Philippians chapter 3, he's, his heart, he pours out his heart cry and says, I want to know God. I want to know him in deep relationship with him. That's my passion, he says. And then he ends it by saying, those who are mature should take such a view of things. 
If you want a mature relation, uh, view of things, pursue a relationship with Jesus every day at a new level. Never get satisfied. Consider it all rubbish that you can go after a deeper relationship with him. He's inviting you to that. No matter <clears throat> what your past story is, the God of the universe is saying, I want to invite you into a deeper relationship. But will you kind of lean into that? The second thing that we learn from Noah, this is where I want to plant for, camp for a second, is in that relationship, God began to speak to him. And God began to speak to him, and he had to begin to practice radical obedience. Begin to practice radical obedience. And each of those words are important because, first of all, you have to begin. If you're Noah, you have to begin somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Again, sometimes we get so removed from that story that we just like, okay, boat, animals, what, you know. But think about it for a second. Uh, I'm, again, I'm a nerd. Let me do some math for you here. The boat that God described to Noah was 450 feet by 75 feet by 45 feet. This ain't no small little boat, all right? Now, and, and, and I want to be clear. We, we don't know how great of a boat builder Noah was, right? I mean, you know, he could have been like me. You know, imagine someday, you uh, uh, it's my wife's birthday, and she's an amazing lady. I mean, just an amazing lady. She's gone with me through all these journeys that, uh, you know, three churches start this ministry that doesn't, you know, kind of has any definition. There's nothing out there to follow. Just kind of, like God said to do this, let's go do this. And she's like, okay, let's go do this. You know, she's a woman of faith and power. I, I, but I can just imagine the day I come home from a walk, you know, you know, walk with Jesus. And, and I say, Jen, God told me to build a boat. Now, I, I could say I'm building a small canoe and she'd laugh me, at me hysterically. I don't change light bulbs much well. You know, it's just like, uh, that's not my skill set. We don't know what it was with Noah. And he had to start, go through that process of listening to God. But then he had to begin to walk it out. Imagine Noah's sitting there, and he was to tell you the story. Well, I remember the day <laughs> that I got my sons together. Now you're looking at me like he didn't have a Sri Lankan accent. You know, come on now. Noah obviously had a Sri Lankan accent. I remember the day that we went out into the woods. We went out into the woods... And we found ourselves a gopher tree. And we chopped down the gopher tree. And we drug it back to the place where we were going to build the boat. Now again, you're looking at me like I'm nuts. Because he did not have a Sri Lankan accent. Okay, whatever. But I say I went that way because sometimes we like go to the end of the story. Sometime he had to cut down the first tree. And how crazy would have that been? 
The whole journey had to start somewhere. And sometimes God speaks to us about something and we're like, oh, I got this plan that God has for me and for my life or for my family or whatever. And we're like, okay, God, let's see that happen. And we don't do anything. And he wants us to start somewhere. Do something. Begin the process of obedience. Begin to take that next step, whatever it is that he would have you to take. What is he speaking to you about? And that maybe you've had this dream in your heart for a while. And you're like, okay, but it's just out there. What's some next step that you could take? And he probably you know, got some weird looks as he went through that process. You know, I mean, which leads to the second part, begin to practice, practice. It was a journey. Now, we don't know. I mean, you can do some math in there uh, because of the, the genealogies and whatnot, but we don't know for sure. But it could have taken 50 to 75 years to build this boat. And, I mean, this is a long time of cutting down trees and then adjusting the thing this way and that. Oh, that isn't going to work. We're going to have to figure this out. I mean, if I'm doing it, that's how it's going to be, right? I mean, this, we got three stories, but that one looks that, oh, I don't know, that board, just there, that's not solid right there. We're going to have to figure something out. That's how it would have been. It took a while. And then uh, imagine the day. Now, again, I'm a nerd, so I, I do this kind of stuff. I went through, and, uh, and I believe as a kid when I do, did this, so this just says something about me. But uh, when I was a kid, I went through and uh, did the math on it. And it, ever heard of Methuselah? You know, the guy, uh, 969 years, a little long time back then. Uh, but if you do the math on it, Methuselah dies the year of the flood. <laughs> That's what happens when you do the math. Uh, now, I, I'm not starting any, I don't want to start anything here, you know, where he died in the flood or anything like that, because uh, it doesn't say that. But think about family gatherings when uh, they're in this whole process. You know, uh, when uh, Noah comes and one of the little, little guys comes up and says, hey, how's that boat thing coming along? My, my, my parents think you're nuts. You know, as kids, they just are prone to say, you know, because they didn't get on the boat. You know, so the, that's just, and he has to go through this day after day, week after week. Are you willing to follow Jesus even if it doesn't make sense to everyone else? He's calling you to begin to practice obedience. And even if you don't get it right to start with, you don't get it all figured out. I love this verse. Talking about 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, talking about Noah building the ark. It says, to those who are disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few, eight in all, were saved through water. <laughs> I love this. Because it says, 
God waited patiently in the days of Noah while he was building. God had to be patient with Noah. It was taking so long. You know, God, God's like, all right already. Enough with the you know, decorations. Let's get this thing moving. God had to wait because he, he didn't know. He had never built an ark like that before. And whatever God's calling you to, you've never done before, but you've got to take some step and begin to practice. And the last part is radical obedience. Again, think about how it would have felt like to other people. And radical obedience means you do it even if, I mean, yes, you have to get counsel from, you got to, from people who are godly and you need to, uh, you know, not do stupid stuff by, you know, just walking out without thinking about it. And, uh, but at some point when God speaks to you, you've got to take that next step. You've got to begin to walk and you need to go even when it doesn't. Everyone else isn't on board. It's a radical obedience. Are we willing to be a people? If you want to walk in adventure with Jesus, you have to practice radical obedience. Let me make this very personal for me. I've been doing this ministry, as I said, for 13 years. And... Somehow God doesn't say, you know, okay, now just coast for the next 20 years or whatever. That's <laughs> sometimes, what, uh, you know, just go, there's 13,000 churches in, uh, in the Assemblies of God. If, if you try, you know, just go to all uh, the church, speak at a different church every week, you're never going to get through all of them. So just start, you know, going out there and just, no, no. no. He, he's like, all right, Kevin, you're trying to influence people to adventure with Jesus you're using social media, you're using blogs, you write for Charisma, all this stuff. But how about we add an interview-style podcast to your plate? I'm like, okay, God. Okay, then what? What, God? I mean, this is... First of all, where am I going to fit that into my schedule? You know, and two, I don't know how to do that. They didn't teach us about that at Bible college, at least not the classes I took, you know, how to do a podcast, you know, so, how to get guests on the show. And, you know, and, and God didn't seem to care what I felt about that. You know, so he just said, do it anyways. And, and so, you know, I, now granted, I, I process this, you know, through the scripture. I process through counsel. I, you know, did research, all of that stuff. But at some point, God's like... Okay, just time to take the next step. And so we began to, this summer, we just began to taking steps. I put out there to, to you know, my uh, emails and things like that to people saying, we're going we're gonna to do this here, and uh, I'm going to need some money just to buy the first microphone, things like that. You know I mean? I don't know how to do all this. You know? and, and, and then I started contacting some people for guests, you know, like, I don't even know how to invite someone to be a guest on a podcast, but I'll send an email. Let's see what happens, you know. <laughs> Just, uh, and, and it's been amazing over the last month or so as we've been starting this process, uh, get people donating equipment to us. We uh, got people donating music for background stuff. We get, uh, people are beginning to give and in amazing ways that I'm like, okay, this, this may work, you know. I, I'm, I'm getting to, uh, our first three people I was able to line up to speak, or to be on the interview is uh, 
First was Superintendent Doug Clay, who's head of the Assemblies of God for the entire country, uh, to, to uh, Chewbacca Mom, if you've ever heard, uh, watched her video. If you haven't, go laugh. Uh, just go watch it and laugh. you got five minutes of laughter. Uh, uh, Lee Grady, uh, who wrote for Charisma for 10, uh, 18 years. Uh, and I'm like, but I had to take that first step. I had to take those next steps and, and began each day. Which leads to where I'm, the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up. Now, if you were to look up at me and see this shirt, you would think, you know, that guy, if he watches movies, they're probably superhero movies. <clears throat> and if you th- thought that, you'd be right. But uh, that's, 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 that's a true statement. And we're, we're in the process of uh, working our daughter through uh, the Marvel chronology. You know, she, she's all up to date. Uh, but you can't always, well, you could, but I, I don't always watch superhero movies. There was a time that I watched a movie called We Bought a Zoo. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen We Bought a Zoo. Some nod, head nods. I think some of you have. Sinners watching movies. No, I'm just kidding. And so you watch this movie. Now, spoiler, because it's in the title, they buy a zoo. Okay, so that's, that's not a big deal. But this guy, he buys a zoo with his kids. And there's one point in the movie where... The Matt Damon character, he's the dad, is sitting down with his son. They've had some conflict, and they're sitting down having a conversation about girls, which is what a lot of guys have conversations about. You know, They're sitting there having this conversation. It's only different because there's a lion right there. But anyways, they're having this conversation, and the son's looking for some advice from the dad. And so... Matt Damon's character says something to the extent of, son, sometimes in life, all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage to make all the difference. And I watched that years ago now, and that phrase has kind of just stuck with me. Sometimes in life, you just need 20 seconds of insane courage. And going back to the story of Matthew at the tax collecting booth, he had 20 seconds of insane courage where he got up out of his chair and he walked after Jesus. And it made all the difference for him. Noah one time goes out and starts cutting down a tree. Made all the difference. You can go through story after story after story. And I've come to believe, as I've studied this idea of Christian adventure, that if you want to go on an adventure with Jesus, it's basically every day. At some point in that day, you need to do something that gets your heart pounding a little bit in obedience to what he said for you to do. Every day, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt said, do something every day that scares you. As, uh, sometimes... That's what the Christian life is all about, saying, what would you have me do today? And I've used this illustration before, but for some of you, that 20 seconds of insane courage is taking some cookies to your neighbor. For some of you, that's 20 seconds of insane courage is turning off the TV 
and saying, I'm going to spend some time with God now. It's, 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 it's having that conversation with, with your spouse about the dream that God's put in your heart. heart saying, what are we going to do about that? Whatever that next thing is, and each day doing something to walk to the next thing with Jesus. I, I've heard it told, and I, I don't, I can't verify it because I'm not planning on doing it, but they say about people who jump out of airplanes, uh, that, you know, do it for fun, you know, uh, that when you, when you uh, they put heart rate monitors on these people as they were, were going up, and it, now, again, I don't plan on testing this experiment, but they say that as they put these heart rate monitors on these people and they did the study, that their heart rate was going up and up as they, as they climbed and climbed and climbed. But something interesting happened that they didn't expect is that when they jumped out of the plane, the heart rate went back, came back down. It's that moment when you jump Again, I'm not a professional. I don't know how this works. But, uh, but I do know in my everyday life, it's picking up that phone, sending that email. That person, it's, it's having a conversation. It's saying, reading my, the scripture and telling someone, this is what I'm going to do next. And that moment, all of a sudden, you're in the zone, so it's 20 seconds of insane courage. What does God have for you today? What a step of obedience? It's no matter where you are in the journey, as I'm closing here, I want you to let God speak to you. And what is that next thing? It's, it's for the person who, who is... Because, you know, I'm the guest here. You know, you're, you're, you haven't even begun to. You're Matthew. You're sitting there in a tax collecting booth. You've not even begun a relationship with Jesus. And in that moment, he's speaking to you. Say, follow me. And the question is, are you going to have that courage and get up and follow him and begin the adventure of a lifetime? Or maybe you're here and you've walked with God and you have a, you're known as a person who walks with God like Noah. And maybe you've been, I mean, it's just a long time that you've been walking with God. Are you willing to let him drop something in your heart for today? That you need to be obedient today. And who knows where that will take you. Who knows where that will take you? The question is, will we take that step? Would you bow your head with me? And I, I'm not going to make a, have a big response time this morning because I feel like in this moment, it's, it's about <clears throat> that 20 seconds of obedience that you're going to need, the radical obedience to whatever he tells you to do. So in this moment, would you just kind of, before we leave this place and you go on to your day and go on to whatever uh, activities are involved, would you let him speak to you? Are you daring enough to let him speak to you? To what that next thing, that thing of obedience today? 
Maybe he's already put something in your heart. Or maybe you just need to say, God, whatever it is, speak to me and show me what it is so I can. Or help me to cultivate a relationship that I can hear from you. Because that's the kind of life I want to live. If, if God's spoken to you about anything or you just want to say, hey, Kevin, I, I want him to speak to me. Would you just slip up a hand and slip it back down? I'll, we're not going to make a big thing. I just want to pray for you before I, I, we end this time. Yes. You're like, I want to do whatever. Yes. Uh, I want to be obedient to whatever you have. Yes. I'm going to, I want to do that thing. Take me on an adventure with you. Would you stand with me as we close this morning? Lord, I, I thank you that you invite us to adventure, to this place of adventure where we can walk with you and enjoy your company. But the, beyond that, just enjoying of your company, you call us to action that's going to change the world around us. So, Lord, we commit to you right now to follow wherever you take us, to do, lead, wherever you lead, wherever you would have for us, we want to go there. Help us to be obedient, even as we figure it out along the way, because we're walking with you. And now, as your people go from this place, I pray for the blessing of heaven as they walk. Lord, I pray that you would turn your face towards them and you'd shine upon them, that they would see the smile of heaven this week as they go about their day. They would look up and just see heaven smiling on them and that they would enjoy your company. Bless your people as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.